back at Investor Channel's headquarters in San Diego, California. I'm your host, Daniel Wong. On today's program, we welcome back our longtime guest, David Drake of LDJ Capital. David, thanks so much for taking the time with us today. Thanks for having me, Daniel. Pleasure being on board. Well, David, we always enjoy having you on to talk cryptocurrency markets, and it's actually been quite a while. I think it's been a couple months since we last had you on, but you've been quite busy there. You've actually worked on an accelerator program called the Zoho Loft Crypto Accelerator. Let's talk a little bit about that before we start diving into some of the other crypto-related uh, topics here. Well, much appreciated. So the Zoho Loft Accelerator uh, in crypto was created actually the last year because we were servicing clients. And it's a wholly owned subsidiary of my family office, LJ Capital. And as we realized we needed to institutionalize what we're doing in crypto and for initial coin offerings, since we've been working with over 100 of them, making us one of the most frequent board advisors in the world, the crypto accelerator made a lot of sense. We had a proprietary 55 steps. We got 25 employees full-time supporting, but 1,000 hours a week over you know 40 ICOs every week on how they're going to prepare themselves, what they need to keep in mind, what they have to be able to be ready for, and how to get institutional ready, such as services that Wall Street needs, public companies need, accountability, governance, market making, IR, public relations, quality reports. And right now, you know these kids who do these crypto companies, they don't know anything about these things. So we wanted to, to streamline that process and came up with the Soho Loft Crypto Accelerator to make that more official. And right now, the way we have it is the companies who apply to be part of the program, they'll get me as a board advisor as part of the program, but also support staff that are putting in a thousand hours a week for several companies. And we've seen and we know the answers to the biggest challenges that all these companies have. The small businesses, the medium-sized business coming into the space, they need answers and the answer is not always black and white because if you're biased you're not going to know what's the norm you need somebody unbiased to tell you what's normal what people are doing by jurisdiction by country marketing etc so it just adds up to several different solutions that we have access to since we worked with you know 25 billion dollars worth of market cap companies that have been part of uh, the board that i've been sitting on so you know, this is the next chapter in our lives. And as such, Daniel, we've been adding, you know, 30 different service providers, the best of the best who know how to get results done very efficiently. So, you know, we have the former ambassador of to Denmark from the U.S. working with us on the management side of things. Uh, the executive who rebuilt Atari com completely sits on the board for Atari, works with us. And then we have, you know, advertising agencies that have been working with Samsung and Fiat and doing world-class commercials that won awards to just simple things as guerrilla marketing and a couple of unique things we have. You know, I have my own show, NASDAQ, right now once a week about digital innovation. And we also have the world's largest LinkedIn groups. So we have 16 million LinkedIn members in our group. And why is that unique? Well, we're allowed to send them a message. At, that's compliant with Microsoft and LinkedIn, who owns LinkedIn, on, and that allows us. That's almost like a billion emails with a 0.1% click-through rate. <laughs> so you know there are a couple of toolkits in, in the kitchen that we have that makes us competitive, giving them services that nobody else has. So we've been excited about being able to roll this out the last couple of months, and we're getting great responses. And more and more businesses are coming to us globally, not just in the U.S., saying, "David." Can the Soul Loft, subsidiary of LG Capital, 
be an end-to-end solution with programming and onboarding and fundraising and everything that needed above and beyond the 55 steps. So we started, Daniel, moving towards a full service. So small and medium businesses can come to us and say, hey, we don't know this space that well, but we certainly want to tokenize. It's going to bring shareholder value to our shareholders because you're not selling an equity. So consequently, you know, that's also the, a, a separation of the sole crypto accelerator that we're doing for larger companies with a bigger budget. So hopefully that'll be helpful for everybody who's listening in. So yeah, gladly have everybody follow up with us by email. Well, David, um, tell us about that. So you mentioned some of the some of the main things that actually keep these that these companies have these major concerns, these challenges for these companies. Um, could you talk to us about what some of those are? I mean, you mentioned obviously utilizing LinkedIn to connect with people. That's why we use YouTube. Obviously, YouTube you're still able to uh, communicate with people when a lot of the social media outlets have actually banned it. So, um, talk Correct. to us about some of those other those other challenges though that, that you're solving for those companies. Well, right now in the U.S., you know, is the legality of an ICO. And right now, you know, uh, Jay Clayton, the chairman of the SEC, has clearly said, look, we haven't looked at anything that we don't consider security. And they're applying the Howey Act from 1946. What the Howey Act says is, if you are a company and you create a token and people expect to make a profit on that, you are technically a security. And that's kind of the argument the SEC has been nibbling and mentioning and bringing up over the last six months. However, the question now becomes, well, what's a security, what's a commodity, and what's a currency, and what's a utility? So it hasn't been decided yet, and this is one of the biggest issues here with companies coming to us. They don't know what's going to happen and what the law is and how law firm wants to handle it. Of course, that's going to become expensive, right? So an accelerator, we've been talking to every law firm nationwide because we've been on the board and advising their companies. So we get to see what they do and we can see what's normal and where the direction is going. And we certainly can ask them all questions without our companies having to pay $250,000 in legal fees. So that's a big, big, big challenge because if it's not compliant, well, you know, you're going to get arrested <laughs> and then you don't have a business. So that's probably the most important one. But uh, there are also several other aspects of it. How do you do guerrilla marketing? How important is Telegram versus Slack versus Quorum and Reddit? Do you have to have Medium and post it on your social media? Why not? You know, furthermore, you know, how are you dealing with PR, press releases, quarterly reports? Uh, you know, these kids, a lot of the kids of the startups doing ICOs, they raise the money after that. They don't care. There's no shareholder responsibility because they're tokens. There's no transparency, which is the whole idea of this industry to be transparent, but it's not. It's supposed to be decentralized, but every company is not that open with what's happening inside. So it's kind of a, um, you know, oxymoron almost becoming in certain ICOs that, you know, things go a little sideways when they make a lot of money. And, uh, this becomes, you know, they maybe you only have one guy holding on to the wallet that all the money comes into. And we're starting to see people getting nervous about that. So, yes, there are issues and challenges. And we want to make sure that people going through an accelerator problem can foresee the challenges because we know them and we can prepare them for it, such as business processes, how to deal with custody, how to deal with accountability and governance. And just keeps going. So, you know, we have a long history with startups for the last 25 years. 
as a family office in New York for 22 years. You know, we've been working with angel investments and VC investments, now applying all of the, that knowledge for 25 years to the crypto space. And small and medium-sized businesses, they're going to be using this for loyalty programs. Supply chain is huge in this space. Inventory and, you know, balancing of the books. I mean, it, it applies to anything because it's a little software tracking where everything came from if you wanted to. Well, definitely. I think coming from the capital markets, I think that's a perspective that a lot of people maybe don't don't think of. Once you raise the money, you're absolutely right. They raise the money and they kind of think, well, we're done. We've got all this money now. Um, there's so many other facets there, what's going to make it successful, and what's going to set it apart. You do need investor mm -hmm. relations. You do need that corporate governance. You are going to have to uh, you know, make sure that you're being very transparent to everyone. That's what you raised it on. And you want investors to continue to follow you. So I think that's a fantastic point you bring up there. And um, you're obviously solving that, that problem for companies. So I'm looking forward to hearing more about the Zoholoft. Oh, it'll be a pleasure. And, you know, we decided to also add a full service solution that's more expensive for companies coming to us that say, look, we don't have the bandwidth. Or we don't understand how this thing works. Can you help us not only do the 55 steps, but also do the help us with the fundraising, with the operations, with the build out, the end to end solution. And the reason is there are very few companies in the world out there who can do all of it. And they're overwhelmed with business. And we are in, in that position that we're like, well, we've been doing this for longer than most companies out there. So we started implementing that and we're starting to see more business coming in from globally from small to medium sized businesses. Well, I, I definitely think that um, people are going to latch onto that. I mean, come on, people really need a lot of help there. And so, um, you know, best of luck there, and we'll definitely follow up with you there. But, David, we always catch up with you, you know, when we talk here, and we talk cryptocurrency markets. Um, let's talk about what the latest is going on there. Let's talk about maybe the top five, where you see the markets headed. Just kind of give us your insight, because we know you are obviously are, are out there. You're connected to a lot of people. You do a lot of writing. You run a lot of shows. Talk to us about the cryptocurrency markets currently right now. So, yes, you know, uh you know, I get a lot of updates on current events regularly from trading desks, OTC desks. Uh, right now, we were expecting that the institutional investors will come in this fall. But what we're starting to see right now is about six months ago, there were maybe just five OTC desks, like Circle, bought by Goldman Sachs. And then they bought, in turn, uh, Polynex, an exchange. Now, there's hundreds of OTC desks globally. Small banks, individual platforms are cropping up left and right. And I think that's affecting the market because remember a couple of months ago, they saw the volatility and the volume was low. And I think the same applies today because a lot of these deals are not being done privately on an over-the-counter desk where they're matching up big investors with the with a coin and the cash or a coin to another coin and it doesn't hit the exchanges. It may be done off the exchanges. And we're waiting for the institutions to come in, but now the challenge becomes, if you have a very efficient OTC market that doesn't affect the exchange prices because they don't get traded there, and you have dark pools as well as peer-to-peer -peer solutions. Uh, for instance, Bancor is a company I work with. They have 100 ICOs, well, cryptocurrencies, that signed up on their master coin. So Bancor trades, but over 100 other companies have decided to be trading under Mastercoin as a, as a under Bancor as a Mastercoin, so you know we're starting to see consolidation into fewer fewer coins potentially. Uh, you know Stellar's doing the same thing with a Mastercoin, so instead of having too many coins, they're going to have to compete for your attention. That more and more of these are getting consolidated, 
uh, to counteract the volatility. We have actually even been working on being able to bring in shorter trading dates. If you remove the, the trading floor, the trading amount of time that you're trading, you might be able to create more uh, vo volume and liquidity in the market because there'll be a shorter window to invest into that token. So I will think that we're going to see, you know, right now Ether is a 600 something and we'll 580. I think we'll see Ether up at 800 in two weeks. And also, I have always been a big supporter of EOS. EOS has been blocking the US uh, and uh, offshore funds have been buying it that I've been invested in. And the reason I like them is because A, they raised over $2.4 billion in cash of last year and spent a whole year doing their fundraising. And they're now going through the test net and going to go live with a token end of the month. They have spent that money well to bring brand awareness and bring programmers closer to using their solution and aiming at becoming the ether killer, the, the uh, uh, token, the crypto protocol that might take the second spot on the list by 2019. So I believe in it because I've seen more and more US pro uh, uh, platforms popping up using the technology. And uh, they actually set up three funds at the very least for 200 million each just to invest in EOS and had the whole year to market themselves, which they did very well. They went to just about every conference it was to speak and promote to developers to start using their platform. So I'm pretty positive that they do really well. I mean, they used to be at eight space, eight pl place globally, maybe just five months ago. Now they're number five. And they kind of doubled in size the last five months on, and, and market cap and running around $13 right now. I personally think that uh, they're going to do really well because of the time, the money, and the effort they've had in. And also their speed is far faster than anything Ether and Bitcoin has had in the past or currently. So unless uh, Vitalik can come around and make Ether faster, uh, EOS has a great chance to catch up with Ether within the next eight months. We're going to have to see and wait. And I think, you know, Ether itself, it's 580, will go up to 800 in the next two, three weeks. And when the institutions come in the fall, we would expect the prices of these coins go out heavily. But if the OTC continues to grow and more and more of these deals and tradings occur off the main exchanges, then it might not be the case as we expect it as quickly as we want it. Yet again, the biggest institutions haven't gotten in yet. And I think that will start happening in uh, September, October. I think we're going to see a spike like we see last year in September, October, November, and December. So that's what I'm looking for. Well, David, we always appreciate your, your insight to, uh, to what's going on in the markets there. Um, anything else? You know, we always like having these conversations, just a nice uh, open conversation about what's going on. Anything else you'd like to share with the viewers and guests out there that kind of what, what's going on with David Drake and what you're thinking? Well, we've had a great year and last year too. You know, right now we're going to take a little trip and go abroad. And then next year we're going to go oh, and travel more. We always travel and talk about crypto. And uh, we're going to be heading out to Europe and do the little rounds over there to help people out. Uh, as well as, you know, we're opening up more partnerships in the US. So we've literally been partnering up with maybe 30 different best of the best services out there to support the cryptocurrency companies that we've been working on for a long time. Um, 
Daniel, um, what do you see happening? Well, I think uh, from what you've been looking at here, I think I agree with a lot of what you said. I mean, you're talking about institutions haven't got in. You talked about it being a cold, uh, kind of a cold winter and waiting to see maybe a couple other fluctuations. What I was was hoping for us to see was uh, kind of coming towards the end of this month, seeing a little, a little bit of a run, then a pullback, and then getting another cycle at the end of the year, hopefully. Um, getting us back to, to showing that um, these cryptocurrencies are strong. They do have a lot of value. And, you know, yeah, people may say they're volatile, but as long as they continue to move up the way they are, up and down, as long as it's kind of going up in a general trend, uh, that's fine with us. <laughs> no, I mean, we have new coins coming on the market, and, you know, they're taking off and doing well, some of them. And, uh, you know, it's exciting times. When you have a real solution to a problem, then the technology works and people believe in it. That's what we're seeing. Well, David, thanks so much. We always enjoy all the time uh, you, you spend with us and take the time out of your, your busy day to come on here and talk with us about the uh, the crypto markets. But, um, folks, that was our guest, uh, David Drake of LDJ Capital. He'll be coming on the show regularly, as always. We took a little bit of break there. But, David, thanks so much for taking the time with us again. Thanks for having me, Daniel. Looking forward to the next time. Well, folks, uh, again, David Drake of LDJ Capital. That's uh, David at LDGCapital.com. We're going to have him back on again on the show soon sometime. But, folks, uh, stay tuned. We're going to be back here. And uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook. And we'll catch you next time. Stay tuned for the next interviews here on InvestorTownHall.com. 